Who the bloody hell's that? Should indeed. You're listening to the Corona Diaries, a sometimes random and often irreverent attempt to understand the psyche of singer Steve Hogarth. Right, the red line is advancing. The red lines are. Have I got? Yeah, I've got lines. Well, I once found Peter Gabriel up and he and got his um, uh, got his answering machine. This is true. This and uh, in this very Peter Gabrielly voice, he went, uh, "There's nobody here at the moment. Do leave a message. The beep is advancing on you." And then it went beep. He made even an answering machine beep sound strangely disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm reassured by that. <laughs> yep, that's what that, that was his answering machine. I don't know how I got his number. I don't know why I found him up. Anyway, he was out. A short but disturbing story. Shall we start? Yes. Okay. Yes, I'm. I'm good now. Right. Okay. Hello, and welcome to Chapter Ninety Four of the Corona Diaries. Uh. Mm. And um, you've probably just heard a little bit about Peter Gabriel because I think we should keep that in. What do you reckon? Oh, all right. Yeah, we could keep that in about that Pete, in. Peter's answering machine message. Yeah, yeah. Strange, strange but true. Oh, there we are. Kept that bit in. Um, this is a slightly weird one for us because we're recording on a Friday. <laughs> yeah, um, just before lunchtime, Friday. Got a phone call from 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 UH saying, "How are you fixed?" We need to we need to slip one in. Yes, that's true. Uh, that's true. Uh, be, because you've got you've got an exciting week next week. You're not going to be available, are you? It's not exciting. It's bloody awful. Uh, I've got to sign twelve thousand albums um, along with the rest of the band. So we're we're all going to a hotel in Blackburn, Lancashire, and. Um, and and sitting there for days and nights on end, signing twelve thousand albums. And if you sign something a hundred times, you'll get a window into what twelve thousand is like. <laughs> it's a lot. So I'm not sure it'll be a riot, but uh, it'll be it'll be different. And it's in Blackburn because that's where it's Townsend Records, isn't it, that you've worked with on the pre-order this time yeah i think they're doing i think they're from burnley and blackburn's close and that's where frenchy found the hotel and it's not too far to take all the albums um so they'll be backing up a big truck like that uh into uh into this hotel (laughs) and we'll be there with our sharpies poised you you heard right. That was Steve Hogarth doing reversing noises for some form of vehicle. Oh, sorry, I should have gone beep 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 <laughs> beep 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 beep. There you go. <laughs> That's better. Have you th- maybe you ought to be. You, you could do with your own Bob the Builder, couldn't you? Yes, I've had my own Bob the Builder. Uh, the the bloke who did all the work on this house was called Bob. He was, was Bob he? the Builder, yeah, and he, oh. he fixed our house up. So. I meant more that somebody ought to bring you a piece of animation like that that you could do the voiceover for. Oh, I'd love that. I'd love to do that, you know, sort of Ringo thing when he did the voice for Thomas the Tank. Thomas Engine. the Tank? Yeah, I'd love that. Yeah, <laughs> I think that would be a really good idea. I used to be able to recite the whole of Room on the Broom. Did we... Uh, we must have discussed this in a previous podcast. I think we podcast. have, you know, because I, yeah. I used to be able to do the Gruffalo. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> um, so, yeah. so I think we might have done it. Julia Donaldson. Uh, Mouse took a walk through a deep, dark wood. Ah, oh, was it? Yeah. A mouse saw a nut and the nut looked good. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 
And you can do room on the broom. The witch had a hat and a very tall... Oh, no, a cat. No, the witch had a cat and a very tall hat and long ginger hair, which she wore in a plaid. Yes. Oh, oh, there they are. Bit of an insight. Anyway, back to Blackburn. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, but but on the subject, if you do, if you're thinking of adapting any form of book for the screen, H is available for voiceover work, and actually would really quite relish it. Yeah, hmm. I used to read. I used to recite "Room on the Broom" to the string quartet to get them off to sleep on the tour bus. Yeah, the way putting it like that just sounds. A bit odd with a bit of an edge as well. <laughs> and I've made it up. I didn't really. <laughs> and that is going to be his defence, my lord. <laughs> right. Um, so, so anyway, um, back to back to Blackburn. So Townsend Records, oh, they're based up there somewhere. So they're they're literally going to wheel you in, constantly be wheeling you in product to sign. Is that the deal? <laughs> Amy Winehouse. You go back to her, and I go back to Blackburn. Uh, uh, sorry, what were you saying? I was saying, I was saying, are they literally going to bring you? Are they literally going to wheel you in boxes? <laughs> yes, they're going to. Well, they're not going to wheel us in boxes, but they're going to no. wheel. Well, in they might boxes. do by the end. Yeah, they will wheel us out in boxes, probably in in ambulances right. with uh, right and cramp. Yes. It's going to look a bit like a, a, um, election night, isn't it? Where they run in with a box and you're at the table ready to do the counting. Mm. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. who can say? Uh, it'll, be, it'll be interesting and it'll, be, it'll involve late nights. And me and Mark, we can't possibly do next Friday. Uh, he can't because Mark never do, takes longer than he has to over anything. And in my case, Lynetta's going to Denmark again next Friday. So I've got to be here to do the school run and hold, hold the fort. Right. Um, so I've got to get back whatever time of night or morning it is uh, after I've finished signing. So I, I'm going to be grafting, you know, proper, proper work. <laughs> well, Mark's all right because he's got the shortest name. Yes. Pete, Pete's going to be there for a fortnight. <laughs> it's a good point. I've never given, I've never thought about that. But he seems to, you know, seems to dash, dash it off. At, dash it, Travis off really quickly. It's the same speed as I, I do. So right. It doesn't, it doesn't slow him down much. Mind, it doesn't look anything like Travis either. <laughs> <laughs> Peter sneezed 12,000 times whilst holding pen. <laughs> We always thought Rothers looked like Stan Rothy. If you look at it, it, it says Stan Rothy, his okay. um, signature. So check out Rothers' signature, folks. And if it doesn't say Stan Rothy, write me a strong letter. Right. And how, because obviously you've done this before as a group, how, how does it all get a bit weird after a, you know, on day three, does it all start getting a bit odd? Odd? Well, you're just generally sort of, you know, weary. Weary, and we stopped speaking to each other, obviously. About 9.30 uh, on Monday. <laughs> that's about it. <laughs> and Frenchie has to entertain us with his happy-go-lucky with witty repartee instead, which uh, if you've met Frenchie, you, you, <laughs> you will understand the irony of that comment. <laughs> There's not a hope, is there? <laughs> not really. No. Well, is he definitely coming? Because the dog's not very well, is it? The dog, the dog's not been well. No, the dog had a lump, um, but I think he's had it drained. Oh, dear. <laughs> Thank, thanks for that. Yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> but I think that's true. Uh, uh, right. So I think Wilson's a bit better. Right. I don't know if he's bringing Wilson with him, which uh, would would well, add it'd be bit, more entertaining. Add a bit of colour to the proceedings. Uh, the dog, yeah. dog running off with the with the albums every time we put them down. Um, so he, yeah, Francie's coming up with Stumpy, another one of our crew. It all, all, all seem to end in the letter Y if you play Wordle, um, and uh, they're going to be kind of feeding the. Feeding the sleeves in and out pastas while we frantically scribble. Mm. So uh, if you do end up with a signed copy of anything by us, 
trust us. We we don't have a rubber stamp. We do do it. Mm. Mm. I think it's I think it's brilliant. And and so that explains the hotel then, because otherwise you'd have to move twelve thousand items down to Racket. Exactly. It's easier to take the band to the items than bring twelve because that's a lot to ship, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, particularly because Racket's obviously in this case not handling the outbound shipping, is it? It's being handled by somebody else. Yes. Um, it's good so to hear you thinking this through on a level. I am that, thinking that, through. That I'm quite, I quite, <laughs> quite intrigued by this. You, you don't really care, do you? But I just do as uh, I'm told. I don't well, no, but I'm one of the people waiting for it, so I'm, ah. I'm kind of trying to work out how long it's going to take from here. Then, so it's not going to be not going to be long after that, is it? That's not the last at all, stage no. in the last stage in the process. Mm. Ah, right. Okay. Okay. Fine, and that's where, hence hence Blackburn. Mm. Okay. Hence so, what do you do in the evenings then? The four I, of you. I go back to Blackburn. Right. I, I, I had to say that again. Yeah, you did. Yeah, well, you liked it first time round, so didn't pleased, you? I died yeah. a thousand times. I signed a thousand times. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a bit of work on that. Well, Croomcast, uh, just Croomcast. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say to you, Croomcast. <laughs> there it is. Right. There it is. Anyway, uh, what anyway. was the question? Well, no. What do you, what you know? You you you're not going to sign like eighteen hours a day, are you? So what do you, do you break off? Are, are you going to be the terror of Blackburn, the four of you next week? I shouldn't imagine we'll we'll even go out. I think we'll just have. I don't know. Pete's got a reputation for having stealth lunch. He, he he'll turn up with a he'll turn up with six Tupperware, uh, pop you know thingamies with um, with sandwiches in. And he'll just stealthily have lunch at some point while, while, you know, while everybody else carries on working. He does that in the studio when we're rehearsing, and we call it stealth lunch. He'll be doing so, that. I, I don't know what I'll be doing. I'll just be starving because it won't wouldn't do me any harm to lose half a stone anyway. Right. So. But going back to our Tupperware episode, then. Yeah. If we were to revisit that, we need to get Pete in then because he's clearly got his Tupperware managed, hasn't he? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got it tucked away. Yeah, he's uh, uh he's got stealthware. Right, Pete you Tupperware Travis. You can't even pick his Tupperware up on radar. It's just not there. Okay. Right. Anyway, so so in reality, it is just a heads down, sign the albums. We're not going out on the town. We're not partying. We're not being sociable. We're just going to go and get this shit done and get back. Yeah, that's what we're telling our wives. Right. Okay. Seems perfect. Things, but well, we've corroborated the story then. Yeah, so that's fine. So this all then ties in because we thought we'd have a little bit of uh, hour before dark chat and, and loop in and, and a few things. The first thing I'll ask you about then is how is rehearsal going? Because you're in the process of putting the songs together, aren't you? For um, was it Poland gig that's the first one? Yes, Woodge. Woodge is the first one. Uh, we are going to perform the whole of the album. I think it might be on the Saturday night. Uh, of the uh, of the Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and uh, rehearsals are going well. Um, I don't remember Mark ever being better prepared. To be honest, uh, he he usually programs the keyboards and whatnot before we show up, and we normally show up and is usually you know in seventeen circles of hell with it. But this time, uh, he just about had it all down to his credit. Um, he was well on top of his gig. And so we could kind of crack on. Um, a lot of this music is quite complicated chordally. I mean, the, the, they are... Um, I mean, Be Hard On Yourself was a chord fest. Uh, it sounds pretty simple, but when you sit down to play it, it's it's changing all the time. Um so it's not the, it's not the most straightforward of music. Uh, Rothers has got his work cut out because he's got all those funny little guitar parts and noises uh, that kind of decorate the songs, um, and he's had to sit down and relearn all of those because when they were when we recorded them, he was just busking, you know, mm-hmm. eyes closed, head back, uh, doing his thing, and and Mike was. Uh, was choosing his favourite bits and adding yeah. them to the mix. So he's had to work out everything that he'd done and where it happens and what the sounds are. 
and and go through all of that. So his head has been, you know, there's been steam coming out of his ears. Um, the rest of the band, you know, have, I mean, it's it's tricky for all of them except me. Um, my, as I've said before, my biggest issue has been deciding what colour shirt to wear. And I still haven't decided. You know, I'm still working on that. So I've, I'm working steadily. Are you playing which guitar on those tracks? Uh, so far, nothing. I've right. I decided I wouldn't bother. Um, right. I don't think we need much. So I might not bother. I might play a little bit of piano, but not much. Uh, I was going to do a few piano vamps on uh, Reprogram the Gene and a few little decorative things um, at the beginning of of Care. And there's an intro to um, Sierra Leone. I found this object deep below the ground. Of course, nobody's heard it, so there's no, no. point me doing that, is there? No. But you'll know... There's a little piano and voice intro to um, like a pre, a prequel to uh, Sierra Leone, which which is piano and voice, and I, I'll play the piano on that. But apart from that, I'll be on centre mic, um, pouncing about. Mm. But then, from what I've read and from what you've said, it's quite an upbeat record, isn't it? Yes, yes, that word keeps coming out, and it's a funny word, isn't it? Upbeat, mm. but there there isn't a better way of describing it, really. It's it it, it is a more uh, there's you know a more energetic, uh, a brighter sounding musically um, record than 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 Fear. Perhaps Fear was a little bit more introspective and maybe a bit. What's the word? I don't know what the word is. Uh, just darker sounding, mm. I suppose. This this one's a lighter sounding record. Mm. Um, and in terms of, is that is it? You've asked. I'm trying to think how much of the time you spent behind a piano for fear. Probably wasn't a lot either, was it? No. Uh, white um, paper. A bit on white paper, yeah, and. Um, is the one do, 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 do. living in fear? Um, mm. I played piano throughout that. Mm. I sat down and played piano on that, uh, but I'm not. I'm not playing that much really on this on this record. No, well, I'm pleased. I'm pleased. It's all starting to come together. And I actually, had not thought about what you just said about Steve. But if he, if the recording process was lots of little takes of bits of guitar that then end up being in the final mix. He's not going to know what those bits of guitar are, I guess, until he's heard the final mix. No, and then what? And then even having heard the final mix, uh, sitting down to relearn it all is mm. is is a right old project, and, and get the sounds together, and being able to remember which little little nips and nips mm. are in which parts of which mm. songs, not confusing them all with each other. Um, no. He really has uh, been struggling in rehearsal, but the mist is slowly clearing, and it's sounding great in the room. I think it's gonna gonna be a really good sounding uh, set of songs live. I think they're gonna work well live. And how many are you playing out of the album? Well, all of it. You playing um, all of them? Yeah, beginning mm. to end. Because um, you didn't do that with Saturday fear at the beginning, night. did you? No. The levers came later, didn't they? Yeah, it did, but we're 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 gonna, I we're gonna do all of it. We made right. that decision, of course. With fear, um, we were touring. I think with fear before we yeah, even fully finished it. So yeah, you we, didn't. You played one or two tracks, didn't you? We were playing New Kings. Yeah. Um, before we'd even finished El Dorado, so yeah. we were out playing the New Kings, and then and then we finished the rest of the album. But then we were. We were touring at that point. We weren't doing weekends. Yeah. So we thought, being as the weekends are coming up, we would debut the album live at the weekends and play yeah. all of it. Yeah. Yeah, which makes a, makes a lot of sense. Mm. I do, it, it, that thing, like you said, that thing about uh, uh, Rothers, because if you take a song like, you take Hard As Love, you don't have to learn all the bits because essentially it's a driving guitar part all the way through. Mm. 
But when it's when it's more the the song's being driven by something else and he's he's dropping in and out, then it's uh hmm. Well. Yeah, maybe that's the difference with this record. The fact that Steve wasn't around during a lot of the early part of the process because of the lockdown, um, those songs are sort of keyboard-driven, and then he's yeah. come in and done decorative stuff, yeah. um, which is so much harder to remember than, yeah. than some drive-in chord work. Um so he he has had his work cut out. I mean, there's also a lot of guitar solos on this record for all the guitar solo freaks who, who you know, we get emails from people going, why doesn't Steve play guitar solos anymore? And, well, he does. But, mm. you know, maybe you haven't noticed them because, I don't know, because <laughs> you don't know what a guitar solo is. <laughs> well, no, and there's there's loads of... Like the bit in this, uh, the the bit in the center of levers that the, you know that guitar work in the middle of that, which is really very quiet, is is beautiful. It's not a soaring Rothery solo, but it's still a really nice piece of arrangement. Absolutely, um, you, you know, know on the guitar, it, 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 it just because it's loud and echoey and at the front and on top of everything doesn't mean that it's it's in any way a superior piece of music to, mm. to something that can be quite subtle and beautiful. And Steve's also capable of, of that in spade loads. You know, he's got that in his locker and, and, um, and he's been doing more of that in more recent times. But on this album, you kind of get the best of both worlds because you get all the colours and the decorative stuff from him but you're also going to get quite a few. I mean, there's a great solo on uh, the end of Crow and Nightingale. I think one of, one of his, you know, an absolute cracker. So mm. there's some good, good work from him, good work from everyone, really. Actually, that's another thing. We've, this is going to be a first for us because we're going we're gonna to have an album launch in the middle of the podcast. Are we? Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, when it comes out, we're going to be able to talk about something that's fresh and new and not twenty years ago. I see. Yes. You know, and that'll be the first time it's really happened, isn't it? Um, yeah, you can. I guess you could take it home, put it on, and then ask me all about it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do that same week. Yeah. Yeah, and I'll get and I'll get my signed copy with things that don't look anything like anybody's name, and I'll be able to remember. <laughs> well, you know, on. well, put hang it on. this way: there's a much better chance of me remembering uh, the answer, you know, of having answers to your questions rather than just go, you know, I can't remember. I can't. Remember. I, it was all such a long time ago, Anthony. I'll be able to go. Oh, yes, yes. I think you'll find a lot of da 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 da. But well, that's in the theory anyway. Yeah. Yes. Um. One final question before we we go to some diary. Um, and I've completely forgotten what that question was. No, I know what it was. So the the reviews that are coming out are very, very positive. Yes. Very, very, very positive. An incredible mm. review from Prog uh, that I saw snippets of. Um, how does how do the how are the band with reviews? I mean, is it? In, I would expect you kind of say, "Oh, we've been doing it such a long time now, we don't really take much notice." Or does it? You know, what's the the feeling at the moment are you all quite pumped by the fact that the response seems to be so good from from that that part of the press yeah um it's always nice to have people going my god this is great rather than you know the old europeans this album sounds like a cold scuttle full of vomit which was uh, uh, I'd be uh, proud of that review though. <laughs> I've never that, forgotten that is, it. <laughs> that's, that's Spinal Tap, isn't it? I've, I've never Shit forgotten sandwich. it. Sandwich, be, be, just brilliant. That was the review. It was that. It was only. It was only eight words long. Yeah. <laughs> so it's easy to remember. But um, yeah, if somebody's saying this is a, uh, this is an astounding piece of work, it might be the best thing they've ever done. Then that doesn't mean it is. But it's good to hear, and, mm. and it also, you know, you guardedly think, well, well, maybe this, maybe this is the one, you know, where 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 we'll break through to a, a much bigger market, um, and you always hope that you might, um, 
because when you make when you make any kind of art i guess you you do it in the hope that a lot of people will experience it so quite apart from you know the money and being able to buy a new car and all of that nonsense uh, um what you want really is for the as many people to hear it as possible that's what you want having said that if nobody does as i've said before if someone paints a, a masterpiece that sits in a dusty room in the dark for a hundred years and never gets seen it's still a masterpiece mm. you know uh, that's the wonderful thing about being in the privileged position of doing this is that whatever we create there it is and whether whether someone thinks it's a masterpiece or thinks it's a piece of shit it is what it is and it'll be there for years and years and years you know to be judged hmm. and maybe at some point when uh, when these critics have have got their their heads out of their asses and got away from the fact that punk was the best thing that ever happened to music man uh, which a lot of them still believe. Still do. Uh, when they get away from that, wake up one day and go, oh, maybe it wasn't. <laughs> then, then maybe they'll they'll come back to us and that uh, stigma that that perhaps we've endured for a long time will be reassessed. I th I, I just get a feeling we're on the cusp of that at the moment, but I I could be wrong. But it. You, yeah, it's definitely happened. It's happened for other acts. It's happened for other people. It, it, you know, there's no reason why it couldn't happen. The downside, of course, is that in four years' time, you're sat in a hotel room in Blackburn with twenty five thousand albums to sign. Yes, yes. That, you might that, have to buy a new Sharpie. That, that, that is the only downside. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only well, one I'm thinking well, of at the moment. All well, the other sides are up. <laughs> the other sides do have positives attached to them i'll give you that yeah yeah now i mean uh, who, who you just you got to be careful what you wish for always um so all i really wish for is that um you know the pe the people who who have, have have invested their hearts and souls into marillion over the years are vindicated and and mm. not let down by us and uh, you know when they get our latest record and put it on they go holy shit i knew it i knew it would be this good instead of thinking oh you know because um there's a lot of faith out there for us there's a lot of belief and i'm not really talking about the critics uh no i'm not asked about the critics in that sense but uh, but by the same token, if they're jumping up and down, that's great, you know. And it, it, at least at this stage, the five members of the band read something like that and they think, well, maybe we haven't gone collectively mad. Maybe this is as good as we thought it was. Mm. Because you don't know until other people react to it. And so it's quite um, reassuring. Saying that, though, I remember speaking to both you and Rothers after Fear came out. But, you know, with, in, the, in this process now, in this kind of timescale, I think it was out, but it only been out a few weeks. Yeah. And both of you said, this is really special. Fear, fear, fear is really special. This is as, as a good a thing as we've ever produced. And the last however many years, four or five years, have vindicated those statements at the time. Well, I hope so. I mean, we, we when we set out to write this record, Mike um, said to us, nothing's going on this album unless it's st strong enough to have gone on fear, you know, right mm. next to any of those songs. If if we don't feel we could we could sit it next door to El Dorado or White Paper or, or New Kings, it's not going on. And uh, I reached for the... I reached for the pills at that point because <laughs> I couldn't imagine. <laughs> but that's but that's really good because you said you told me that at the time. You said to me back back, you know, around fear time, this is the first album where Mike had said to us collectively, if you don't all agree, it's not happening. You've all got to think 
this is this is worthy of being on a Marillion album. This is not an album where Mark likes this one and Ian likes this one and you like this one. Mm. And we, we're going to let those go through because actually the track I like is a bit further on. You, yeah. I remember you saying to me, Mike had said, the whole band has got to buy into everything on the, on the record. Yes. And, you know. And, and it was the same with this one. Yeah. It was absolutely the same with this one. The only problem with this one was that getting us to agree what was the what was the really good stuff um, because we all had our five star folders of, of, of ideas and none of them coincided. <laughs> no, but that didn't, it didn't last time. And the point is that, that, that year or 18 months or six months or whatever it is to, to, to get you collectively to make those decisions for something then that's going to be there forever is worth it. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's not necessarily pleasant. No, pay- um, very painful at the time, I would have thought. But, try, you know, trying to constantly beat beat something, um, you know, I've, I've, I've likened it in the past to looking up at the side of a cliff. It's like the White Cliffs of Dover and you're standing on the beach looking up at... at the, the top of the cliff which is the last album thinking how the hell am i going to get yeah. up there again not only that but you know everybody wants something higher and then after we've made something higher we want it higher than that mm. the time after that and so it is daunting at the beginning i mean really daunting and, and the only um the only comfort you can take is 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 knowing that you felt exactly like that so many times before yeah, and you did manage it. And yeah. that's the only thing that gives you any hope um, yeah. is, that, is that knowledge because on the face of it, it's an impossible task. But I think, we've, I think we have done it. I think we've, we've got something which people are already saying to us, journalists are already saying to us, the record label is already saying to us, this is better than fear. Mm. And we thought that was good. Mm. <laughs> On the back of that, we ought to go to the diary. <laughs> yeah. We should, because oh, there's we quite should, a we, lot of it. There, there is a lot of it. We'll, we'll, we'll rejoin at the end. We'll, we'll regroup at the end for a very quick wrap. Um, but it's a long section. And we're back in Switzerland, aren't we? We're at the Fête d'Espoir again, again uh, for the second time in about three episodes. Yeah, um, because it was uh, I was we were invited to do it again by Pimi. I think I've only done it have I done it twice or three times. Anyway, I did it this time with the H Band. It, well, I wasn't on my own. I'd I'd got I'd got a seven piece band with me, and cool that was character building. I don't mind telling you, as you're about to find out. This is the 21st century. Friday, 26th of May, 2000. Geneva, H-Band, Le Fête d'Espoir. Up at six for much staggering about, trying to decide which clothes to take to Geneva while bumping into other members of the family, all sleepwalking with a sense of puzzled purpose. Felt like a heel when I shook Nile out of a deep sleep at 630 the kids are spending the weekend with the neighbours and we had to get them round there before our departure at 7.15. I hate packing and always leave it until the very last minute, something I always regret, and this morning was no exception. Experience has taught me to remember passport, tickets, money, keys and then leave everything else to fate. We managed to get out of the door on time at 7.15 and I drove 50 metres down the street to the B&B where we picked up Mike Wilson, who had literally just made it down the stairs. Pippa, the landlady, seemed genuinely sorry to see him go. The other evening, darling, he took a bath and I could smell his wonderful scented oils wafting down the staircase. It was all I could do to stop myself bursting in on him. Blimey, said Mikey, I think I got out just in time. Lovely people, though. Lovely people, he muttered to himself in the back seat of the car as I sped up the road. 
While we're on the subject of speeding, I had to appear in Stratford-on-Avon Magistrates Court a couple of weeks ago where I narrowly escaped a six-month driving ban, so I had my hair cut short for the occasion, and I'm now sporting a much shorter barnet. So far, it's gone down quite well. Something had to be done. I'd started getting mistaken for Alice Cooper. Arrived on time at Heathrow and sent Dizzy off to stick the car in the long-term car park so that I would be around to help Andy, the guitar tech, unload the van when he arrived at 8.30. Mike hung around outside so he could have a smoke while I made my way to the Swiss air desk where I found Aziz waiting for me. It's always a relief when Aziz puts in a punctual appearance. He's occasionally a little casual in this department, and that's compared to me. I queued up and collected our air tickets. Full marks to Isabel in Switzerland, everything was there in the right names, ready and waiting. I checked that Dave's ticket would be waiting for him when he arrives here this afternoon. Dave G decided he'd rather have a few more hours in bed in Swindon than have an afternoon to kill in Geneva, so he'll be travelling alone later. Still no sign of Andy in the red van, so I borrowed Aziz's phone and called his mobile to discover that he was already at the far end of the terminal with Jingles, our bass player, who had already helped him unload the van. I still can't believe how much the musicians have put into this venture. Everyone involved is doing the show for expenses only. It's meant many hours of work learning the songs at home, followed by three long rehearsal days just to arrive at this point. I'm more than happy to go through all this for the joy of playing my own music again, but it's a great feeling to have a band of this calibre entering into the spirit of it and playing purely for pleasure. When I get together with other top-class players outside of Marillion, they always lament how little real music is around anymore and that the chance to get together and play something interesting as a band is a breath of fresh air. When I explained to Jingles how Marillion write together by jamming, he exploded. That's the way it ought to be. You're so lucky. No one gets to create like that anymore. It's all guys with machines trying to write hits in their bedrooms nowadays. It really is. Andy drove off to the long-term car park with the van while I took on the role of tour manager. I said hello to Nick Eade from Cutting Crew and his wife Nikki. Old chums, I'd persuaded Nick to come along and sing his own set, and we all queued up with various guitar and flight cases to check in. Swiss Air opened a desk especially for us, and a most helpful check-in girl made a potentially difficult process seem very straightforward. Dizzy Spell reappeared from parking the car, and we all took the fragile and oversized cases along the hall to the alternative check-in area, where an assistant immediately dropped a flight case on his finger and began jumping around cursing. We managed to check everything in, and there was a delay while I wrote fragile on the Kurzweil flight case with Tipex. This one case is worth well over £5,000. However, considering the weeks of programming that had gone into Richard's and mine, they were, at this moment, and as far as the show is concerned, quite priceless. I watched the rack loaded onto the conveyor belt and said a silent prayer to the great and cruel god of baggage handling, and we all proceeded to the gate. The flight was uneventful, except for the comedic names of the Swiss Air stewardesses. Ms Fuchs was closely followed at the other end of the drinks trolley by a very nice girl supporting a name badge labelled I Wanna. We all suppressed a schoolboy snigger, but when we were asked, excuse me, sir, would you like some milk from the Swiss cow? Well, it took me over the edge. We were met in the arrivals lounge in Geneva by Pimi and his wife, Isabel, who saw us into a minibus for the short drive to Geneva Centre. Sue and I were dropped at the Hotel Angleterre, along with Nick and Nicky Eade, and after a bit of a wait, we managed to check into a large room with two large windows overlooking the lake. The famous fountain was in full flight against a backdrop of opulent lakeside buildings advertising famous jewellers and watchmakers with green meadows above and beyond, leading still further upward to the horizon where the mountains meet the sky. Not a bad view then. We made our way back down to the ground floor where lunch had been arranged for all the British artists who were to appear at the feast. 
I said hello to Fish and his wife Tammy, who were already seated, and we joined them at a long table, where twenty or so of us, including my band, enjoyed a pleasant lunch and some particularly fine wine over a period of two or three hours. We were to leave for soundcheck at 6.30, so around four, Dizzy and I decided to return to the room for a nap. Curtains were drawn against the afternoon sunshine and I left the big windows open so that I could listen to the street noises of Geneva as we drifted into sleep. Suddenly I felt like I was on tour again. It's curious how quickly I slip into the alternative tour patterns of being awake and asleep. Got up around 6pm, showered and met up with the band downstairs in the lobby of the Angleterre. Dave G had arrived safely from England and everyone seemed happy with their respective hotels. I felt somehow responsible for the general contentment of my band, ever conscious of having blagged them into doing this on the basis that they would be well looked after, despite the fact that all arrangements were, by this time, out of my hands. As we waited for the drivers to organise themselves, I wandered into the warm street and down into the English bar beneath the hotel. It's done out like a library, and there was a terrific jazz trio playing in the corner. I regretted not being able to stay and listen to them, but sound check beckoned. We were driven by minibus to the Stade du Sport, which was to be the venue for the feast, arriving around 7pm, and took our turn in the queue to sound check. It was from this point onwards that things started to slip a little. Everyone expects to have to hang around in these situations and the band chilled out and chatted amongst themselves whilst one and then another French middle-aged crooner took to the stage singing the kind of songs that remind you of driving through Monaco on a hot summer night in an expensive car with an expensive girl. These guys tend to swan around the stage languidly whilst singing slightly flat, as if the effort required to push the notes all the way up to pitch would entail a show of enthusiasm which simply isn't possible when you're this rich and this sexually experienced. Très chic, très sexy, très middle of the road. I was beginning to wonder if I was going to be a little out of place here. I couldn't see the last thing fitting in somehow. There were going to be a lot of Swiss jaws hitting the floor as I spook about in my black feather boa, rattling my sleigh bells, whilst Richard and Aziza's quarter tones beat against Dave's dark wall of distortion. Not very Monaco at all, really. I couldn't help laughing. In the event, we didn't actually get our equipment up onto the stage until around ten. It was at this point that we were to discover that the monitor engineer spoke no English and that the keyboard we'd hired in couldn't be programmed to run my Kurzweil. I'd stopped laughing. The communication problem slowed everything down and a generally unhelpful shoulder-shrugging stage crew caused much frustration as the minutes ticked by. At 10.45 we had yet to run a song and Pimi informed us that we must end sound check, which should have been finished at 10 so that security could lock the building. I thanked my stars that I'd brought Eric and Andy with me. They were really going to have their work cut out tomorrow night during the show. As they unplugged the equipment, Nicky just had enough time for a quick sound check. As he was only singing and playing his Dan Electro guitar, there wasn't much to sound check anyway. Nonetheless, he patiently asked, at least a dozen times over a period of 20 minutes, for more guitar in the centre wedges. God knows where Pimi found this monitor man. Nick was singing really well anyway, and I was beginning to feel that perhaps I'd been a bit ambitious bringing all this technology with me. There's a lot to be said for keeping it simple. Oh well. I began to rise above it as we were bussed back across town, two hours late for dinner at the Café du Soleil, where, I'm told, Roosevelt and Kennedy used to come for unofficial meetings over coffee. We arrived minutes before midnight when the kitchen closed and just had time to order steak and chips. I was just tucking into mine when Eric and Andy arrived from the gig to be told there was no more hot food as the chef had gone home. They weren't terribly impressed. We shared out what was left. A girl called Valerie from the band Galliano was having a birthday and Pimi had provided a sumptuous birthday cake. 
We all sang happy birthday umpteen times during the meal for reasons I couldn't fathom. In England, once is usually enough. By now, I'd had a couple of beers and the frazzled ends of my nerves were beginning to knit back together. However, the waiters were beginning to cough by the door and it became clear they wanted to close the cafe and go home. We exited through a side door into the street to discover it was raining hard and got drenched trying to find the driver, who then seemed to have misplaced the bus. Back at the Angleterre, Nick, Nicky, Dizzy and I had a last drink in the English cellar bar beneath the hotel, where the excellent jazz trio were still playing. Now that's a long set. I went straight back to the room. I'd had a pretty long day myself. I left the big windows open so that I could listen to the street noises as Geneva, too, prepared to be tucked up in bed. And we're back. And we're not going to talk about the diary, uh, which seems strange because we always talk about the diary, but we're not talking about the diary this week. Simply because um, there's another half to that story. We shall come in chapter 95. And what we'll do is we'll spend a bit of time in 95 talking about the whole day uh, in of itself rather than do bits now and bits later because there's quite a bit to get into. Mm. So what we will do is we'll carry on just from the five or ten minutes talking a little bit about uh, an hour before it's dark. We haven't talked about Murder Machines, have we? The Murder Machines video came out last Friday, was it? Yes, I think it did. Uh, midnight or something. Yeah, um, and I don't think people were expecting the video. No, I don't think I was. <laughs> and I'm in the band. Oh, and I was I, in it. I was, uh, yeah, it was something Tim put together from all, from a load of stock footage of, of, of locked down cities around the world. Um, and I saw, and he was, what he, what originally what he'd done is he'd, done a load of documentary footage of us making the album down at real world and he he'd cut in the performance of us of us playing murder machines and he'd, he'd cut that in amongst all of this footage of the world locked down and i i saw it and i thought it's not direct enough it needs a performance to camera really um and so last was it last Monday or the Monday before? Anyway, after I got back from Hamburg, uh, the first day back in rehearsal, Tim came over to Racket and we, I kind of, he set up some lights and a camera in a broom cupboard and I went in there and did, did a few takes straight to camera of the song. And then um, he invited the boys into the broom cupboard for, for a few sort of moody look, looks, moody looks. Um, and um, cut it all together. And I think it's amazing. And then Simon mm. Ward got hold of it and um, threw some of his graphics over the top. So the way it turned out, the graphics are in colour, the performances and the cityscapes are all in black and white. And it's a really powerful, powerful uh, video, but, you know, one of the best videos we've made. And, and it was done really quickly. So um, it, it it then then I think it was released to the world, literally four days after I'd done the the, the vocal performance, so st straight out really, straight and and that that whole direct to camera thing. Uh, I know a lot of people sort of talked about the dryland video um, because that had a similar sort of thing about it. Uh, it seems to be reminiscent of that. Do you like doing that kind of stuff then? Uh, yeah. Do you find it uncomfortable? No, I don't find it uncomfortable, really. I mean, he was goading me a little bit. He was he was pulling it out of me to some degree. He'd say, oh, that looks really good. Do that again, you know. So I was trying things and throwing the odd shape, and he'd go, oh, that looks great. Do more of that. Um, so he was sort of leading me up the garden path a bit with it. Um, I mean, the, the, we were channeling the dry land vocal performance a little bit because I did that one with my hair all wet and mm. uh, you know that really intense thing and we were channeling um, Stardust Memories 
and um, Charlotte Rampling's performance in the um, what was it? She was she she was lo, lo, she was sectioned, wasn't she? His wife. I don't mm. know if you know Stardust. Yeah, memories, we've talked about this. We've talked about this. What the way he cut her performance again mm. and again and again uh, gave it an intensity which was just incredible, and so we were channeling that when we made the dry land video and then we were channeling the dry land video when you were making the second second hand charlotte rampling or third hand uh when we when we did that one yeah no it's it the reaction to it's been quite i mean just the bits of social media that i'm my little corner of the social media world it's been it's been really quite a, a you know quite an outpouring of emotion actually about the song and about the video uh, and and the emotion the emotion that's been driven by the two together there's so much that's buried inside everyone after this after what we've been through in these last two years you know we're all just getting on with life but there's a lot there's a lot buried deep inside us um not just of our own um uh, sacrifices and our own pain but but the consciousness of other people's um and i think it's it's buried inside everyone and so when you see that um you know provided it's done in the right way um it really rattles you because because everything that that we're showing is where everybody's been and mm. it's just sort of popping it back back in the palm of their hand saying this is what you've been through um it, it it's it's peculiar isn't it you know to, mm. to to not be able to put your arms around the people you love for fear of killing them is such a strange thing and that, that's what you know that's where the song came from me just contemplating what a what an alien what an alien thing that is to to have to endure and we've all had to endure it to a a, a greater or lesser degree and for the and for let's face it for 99.9 percent of the population for the first time ever that's even been a consideration yeah yeah um you know i can't think of of any other point in time where something like that was part of a national conversation maybe maybe a little bit with aids maybe in the early 80s maybe yeah, yeah for sure um, well that's kind of what the gay community had to endure but because you know they didn't get too much they didn't get too much press because they were the gays um you know it wasn't it wasn't right across the mainstream the way the way it had, this has been it's been no. been for everyone but i i mean when i was in the europeans our bass player was gay and um i saw him properly frightened by um, by that whole AIDS epidemic mm. and 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 obviously 30 odd years later that's reflected in the face of everybody over the last couple of years mm. because it, it has been has been fairly fairly unique um we'll we'll wrap it up there for uh you know for 94 bit, bit of a slightly down not down ending but a slightly sort of flat ending but it's not really actually it's a it's just a statement of of where we are yeah um, i mean the upside of it is that that Despite the um, the the sort of I don't know what would you call it depressing or, or thought provoking aspect of that song and that video, um, it's it represents Marillion at, at its strongest in many ways. Mm. I mean, it's a really strong piece of work, and it's a, a bit like "Be Hard on Yourself." It's not the best song on the album either. You know, there's no. th th there's some far out stuff on this record. Um, I made the mistake of of uh, reading a few viewer comments on Instagram, which is something I never do. But I made the mistake of doing it yesterday, and oh my lord! You know, I mean, the people going, "Oh, what about fish? What about fish? He's the soul of Marillion," and you think, "Well, he's been gone for thirty three years." What about Buddy Ollie? You know, <laughs> get, get past it, mate. <laughs> and you know, and 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 
oh, murder machines, uh, Marillion have lost the plot, sounds like simple minds, blah, 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 you know. You think, well, wait till you hear our record, you shithead. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but right. what I was going to say, it, though, <laughs> uh, no, no, because what I was going to say, you mentioned I'd like to there. ring these people, honestly, because I would hit them. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe better that we don't put you together. But um, what I was going to say was, because something you did say there did chime, and the two words I was thinking about when you were talking about that was I was thinking of kind of a hybrid of being retrospective and introspective. And I think, I think you know, Marillion do that really, really well. And, and Murder Machines is a similar sort of place uh, of going of going back into a particular moment, a particular situation, and then at the same time finding the essence of that situation and the emotion in that situation. And you look at songs like, and Estonia is a great example, but there are plenty of them. And it's that, for me, it's that hybrid of retrospection and introspection that I think is really interesting. And, and, and that's exactly what you've just described in the lyric with Murder Machines. Yes, I, I, you know, there's a willingness in this band to to empathise, really, both mm. musically and lyrically, with uh, and and to to feel other people's pain uh, and to acknowledge it, and that that's possibly why we stir people up at the depth that we sometimes do. Mm. Because we say, you know, you, we get it. We're 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 right there with you. I know how hard that's been, um, or I know how hard it was thirty years ago, or whatever. Um, maybe that's maybe that's what we can bring to the table that that not too many artists do. Mm. I'm going to leave it there. I'm going to leave you to go and pack a bag with Sharpies in it because let's face it, you're going to need a few. Yes. And get yourself get yourself ready for, some, some for Blackburn. Some Paris from, from my wrist. <laughs> Your wrist. I'll just, I'll just have a claw next time you see me. Well, have a nice time in Blackburn. Thank you. Put it this way, Anne. If a nice time can be had in Blackburn, I'll, you're going to find I'll it. bloody have one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, that's there a firm we are. promise. And as people in Blackburn will tell you, there is a lot of good time to be had in Blackburn. Yes, I'm sure. So collectively, is. they'll come out and show you where it is. Let's hope we don't get arrested. Right, I'll catch you next time. Uh, and in '95, folks, we will we'll go back to this uh, this this second time in Switzerland and talk a little bit about that. Yes, back to Geneva. Thank you for listening, everybody. Look out, you. Went back to what you knew So far removed From all that we went through And I tread a troubled track My albums are all stacked And I'll go back to Thanks for listening to the Corona Diaries. 
It featured Steve Hogarth with the insights and me, Ant Short, with the questions. If you enjoyed the podcast, please consider subscribing and maybe leaving a review as this will help others find it. You could even share with other like-minded souls, should the mood take you. This has been an A Short Stories production.